Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. I was reading about and I'm reading quotes from Kareth Foster, who describes herself as a humorist, so hopefully she'll be nice and funny because we always love love to laugh on the Lisa Wexler Show. She's a best-selling author, and she has coined, I think she's coined this term of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, as opposed to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she's creator of a specific methodology, which she calls Inversity, which she has trademarked. She is a founder of an organization called the Foster Russell Alliance for Meaningful Expression, a 501c3. She resides in New York City, Texas, and Southern California, which means she's spending an awful lot of time in the air. And she has two beautiful and, quote, hysterical daughters. Kareth Foster, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hi. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. How do you go all around the country like that? How do you describe yourself as residing in three different states? That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have a footprint. Let's say we have a footprint there. Um, My parents are in Texas, so we're primarily there because we need the support. My husband, I could not do this without the Aussie. Um, So it's not just a one-woman show. It's It's a team effort. Okay. And you and you spent some time in New York City as well? That is, I, I say I was raised in Texas, but I grew up in New York because I moved to New York right out of college to start working at The View, which is where I found stand-up comedy, or rather it found me. And I've been there over 20 years. So yeah, New York so, is home. And Okay. And are you still on The View from time to time? So I know I was part of the production staff, uh, but who knows? There may be a full circle moment in the future where I, I come back to do some stuff on air. I think you should put it out in the universe, Kareth. I do. I, I, done, lady. Done. From your yeah. lips to God's ear, right? Totally, totally, totally. So I was reading about you because I was reading, and I can't remember what it was, but it was an article that basically said that you captured the attention of a bunch of traditionally older white male executives 
in a corporate setting who sort of had to dutifully listen to a lesson uh, and a lecture about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And most of the time their eyes are glazed over if they're not outright hostile. But something about your presentation engaged and opened them up. So talk to me a little bit, Kareth, about, about that and about how you've been thinking about this issue. Absolutely. So I, I you know, I, I think what was interesting is you use the word lecture, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's oftentimes what it is. And when you think about a lecture, what do you think? You think somebody's standing in front of an auditorium, a classroom with their finger out, like giving someone a lecture, wagging it in their face. And is that really how we are open to learning? Is that really how we're open to new ideas? Um, do we get enrolled or are we repelled? by that. And I like to take what I do and I, I want to make it an experience because when it's an experience, it's relatable, right? And, and I think there's this fallacy that diversity work is solely about someone's ethnicity or quote unquote race. Um, I prefer not to use that term because it's the human race, to be quite honest, um, that it's about someone's sexuality or gender. And, and that's, that's, I think that's a very, um, uh, unfortunate way to look at diversity because what it does is it it doesn't allow everyone to be part of the conversation, but then you want to turn around and get mad at people because they're not doing the diversity work. Well, you just told me I wasn't part of it. So Mm. now you're like, it's this crazy catch 22. And so, you know, the idea is if you, uh, you you said I was a humorist and I appreciate that. I've done stand-up comedy for almost 25 years and just FYI, the difference between a comedian and a humorist, do you know what the difference is, Lisa? Uh, no, I hope both of you make people laugh. But let's hear it. Let's a zero in the paycheck. <laughs> oh, a zero in the paycheck. Yeah, of course, naturally. Of course. Um, but the idea is to, you know, when people laugh, there is something chemically that happens. There's something physiologically. There's something um, spiritually, actually, that happens when laughter gets to be brought into part of the conversation because it's, it's healing. It's cathartic. Um, and you know, it's universal, you know, so much of what we are all experiencing while we are experiencing it in different shades and different packages, you know, we all know what it's like to not feel like we're part of the group. We all know what it's like to be ostracized. We all know what it's like to be invited and included. And if we can talk about it from a, the level of our humanity, and that's not to dismiss that there's racism and sexism and homophobia, like those things exist. I'm not sweeping anything under the rug, but what I'm saying is if we can address it from the position of, look, we're in this together, right? And we have to see it from that angle if we're committed to creating these spaces of inclusion and belonging. And that doesn't mean you ignore someone's experience or what they've gone through, but that also doesn't mean that we make victims of people or villains of people if we're serious about moving forward. Yeah. And that, and that's a very critical piece, what you've just said, because beginning we're chatting with Kareth Foster. I, I really think that you've stumbled upon a profound nuance of the whole DEI movement, which obviously is now creating barriers and is being used as a cultural divide. And some politicians are using it as a cudgel or a way to get followers. But, but what you're, but I, I think it's very profound to say that the movement of DEI, as it's grown, has been a movement to say, to some extent, I'm important because I'm in this historically victimized group, whatever the group is, and you're not as important 
because you're not from one of these historically victimized groups. And it's that thing that is not going to ever bring people to a place of empathy because they're always going to feel like either I'm in or I'm out. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's not to say that people haven't been terrorized and brutalized and have had trauma. Um, but you know, the reality is everybody has had some trauma in their life. And, and if you want to look at some science, you know, trauma is stored in the DNA for at least seven generations. So if your family has been through a famine, the Holocaust, slavery, war, um, you know, that's still in you. So the idea is how do we heal? Right. And that's that's what I really want to bring to the table with the work that I do. And um, and the reason I came up with the term inversity is because after some years of analysis of, you know, we've been having diversity programs for what, 60 now, almost 70 decades. And it seems like two steps forward, 10 steps backward. What's what's going on? What's the what's the missing piece here? And I, I love words. You know, I'm an author. I'm a, a comedian and speaker, obviously. Um and the root of the word diversity is D-I-V. What good words come out of that? Division, divide, divorce. And yet we're calling it diversity, and the expectation is that people are supposed to come together. And we're shocked that it's not working. So inversity came into play. And the idea is to still honor and respect everything that we are and that we bring to the table, our background, our heritage, our identity. But let's expand diversity to also include diversity of thought and ideas. And let's shift the focus from what separates and divides us to what is it that we have in common, because shockingly we have more in common than we don't. How can we be truly inclusive of one another? But most importantly and powerfully, how can we be introspective, right? Meaning understanding your value and worth so you can then see it in someone else. We've been trying to work from the outside in for years, and it's not working. We need to work from the inside out. So, Kareth, Kareth Foster, tell me, if you can, an anecdotal story of when you had an aha moment giving one of these speeches, talks, um, I would, not even a lecture, but, but conversations with people as you were doing professionally. Did you have a moment that you can recall and tell us a story of somebody who sort of had a light bulb moment unexpectedly in one of these sessions? Absolutely. So this was after a session. Um, I, I was in, in, in Iowa speaking at a university and this older woman comes up to me and it's Iowa. OK, so it's not <laughs> super racially diverse. Right. But this older woman comes up to me and she says, you know, I've been in education 25 years and I've been doing these diversity trainings for 20 of those years. She's like, this is the best one I've had. And then she goes, I don't know how to say this to you. So I'm kind of prepping for like the backhanded compliment, right? When someone right. says that. Right. And she goes, I have no idea what your political affiliation is. And I said, well, good. You shouldn't. Right. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to teach you how to communicate better, how to come together better, regardless of where you are in the political spectrum, so that you have healthy relationships so that you can be productive in what you do so that you can serve your students and your community better. This is not the Kareth show. But do you think that in saying that, Kareth, that what she was really telling you was that she was confused because she couldn't, no. because she couldn't no. pigeonhole you? She no, thought, I think she was, she was, it was a compliment. And I know it was a compliment because I think that what happens with traditional diversity programming and training, people go on with an agenda. 
right? And they are very clearly on one side of the spectrum or the other. And but that's I was my point. We're coming to the same thing. Yes. She was well, complimenting I, I you. She wasn't confused. She but, was saying that, okay. like, this is the first time that's happened. Ah, and okay. I, and you, and it, it didn't come into play. I so see. it was, it was very much a compliment. Um, in the fact that, you know, she's saying you didn't, you didn't come in to try to persuade us one way or another. Mm. You came in to enlighten and to share and to teach us how to be better. But does that other. also tell you that there's a defense mechanism in many of the audiences who are listening to this lecture now? Don't you of see? Of course she's also there is. And, there, and, yeah. and why wouldn't yeah. there be? There are people who have PTSD from DEI, bad <laughs> DEI. And it's not just the people you would think. It's not just the people who are like, oh, you're bad because you're straight, you're white, you're a guy. It's people who are, you know, in marginalized groups who are constantly being put up as the poster person mm. who are constantly having to, you know, tell their story or, you know, be the example. Like that's exhausting. It's exhausting all around and it's not fair and it robs people of their agency. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, tell me about how your session, so you use the word belonging, which already is a very different word. Are you encouraging everybody to share their stories? In other words, what goes on in these sessions that people end up having that aha light bulb moment? What is it that you're wanting to achieve? Firstly, I want to achieve, before we even dive into unconscious bias, right, is just awareness, right? Like, what are we aware of? What has just kind of been pushed to the recesses of our minds? What is stuff that we've never even considered? And I think, you know, I, I, I lecture at Stanford, Graduate School of Business, and I was very fortunate enough to be invited to be a luminary for the Knight Hennessy Scholars Program. And while I was there, there was another gentleman who was an adjunct biology professor. And I sat in on his session on DNA and gene editing because I wanted to ask him exactly how close were we genetically to one another? Because I wanted to be able to share this with my audiences, you know, being in the diversity realm, right? Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I, I, I broached this question to him, and he said, Karis, we are 99.99986% the same. And I'm like, wait a second. So we're fighting over four ten thousandths of a percentage point? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, melanin content, hair color, eye texture, you know, all the things that alter our packages, if you will. And he goes, no, that's not even that. He goes, 
that four ten thousandths of a percentage point is chromosomal. Like, you know, if someone has Down syndrome versus someone who doesn't. Like, the things that we think make us different, that we have been used as propaganda to divide us, it's so ridiculous. And so it's those aha moments, those realizations that, first of all, everybody is stereotyped. Everybody has unconscious bias. I feel like Oprah giving out a car. You got unconscious bias. Yeah, of course. You got unconscious. Like, everybody does. And we'll never eradicate it. Nope. And that's not the idea. The idea is to recognize it when it comes into play and not let it be a barrier. Right. And even if you need to be selfish about it, you know, think about the opportunities, relationships and experiences that you will miss out on because your bias has led you astray. Yeah. You refer to your husband as the Aussie. Is he from Australia? He is. He is. <laughs> can, I, can, I, I make, can I make the grand assumption that he may not be of the same uh, race as you? He's not They might be. I don't know too many. He could they, be. He could be. be. And that's good for you not to assume. No, he is white. He is a six foot four, long haired, blue eyed. We could not be more physically opposite. I'm like five four. I look like a chubby brown Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. <laughs> like it just, but somehow it works, Lisa. I'm so <laughs> and the happy kids are gorgeous. Oh, I bet they are. I'm so happy for you. We have a, a listener who wants to participate. Marie from Norwalk, you're on the air. You're on the air with with Kareth Foster. Go ahead, please. Your comment or question. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Um, I I do have a uh, a comment about the language uh, that one uses. And um, every time I hear this word, it's like um, my nails going down a chalkboard. Uh, Well, for those who have been in school. Anyway, the word absolutely. That's absolutely what I'm trying to say. This is absolute. Excuse me. I don't know that there's anything that there's absolute about. There's always challenges to words. And the other thing is, that's a great question. That means a school teacher who's standing in front of his class is going, that's a great question, which puts out, which puts out the message that the, any question anybody else is going to ask is, is, is not uh, up to par. And I hear this in commentators and news people, and that's people who are interviewing other people, and they go, oh, that's such a great question. What makes it such a great question? Okay. It's just a question. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you for the comment. Kareth uh, Foster, any comment on that? that you well, I just think that's proof in the pudding that everybody has an opinion, right? Yes. And opinions are like belly buttons. We've all got one, and everybody's entitled to theirs. Kareth Foster, when did you discover that you could have this conversation with people in a way that was so disarming? When did you, you know, because you, you came up in the ranks doing a lot of other different yeah. things. When did you yeah. discover you had a forte for this? I, I, I'll... I'll for sure, there was a, a talk I gave. It was the same same session. And afterwards, a very militant black lesbian came up to me and was like, thank you. Thank you for saying what you said. Everybody here needed to hear it. This message needs to get out. And then two minutes later, this lily white guy from Utah came up to me and he said, thank you so much for your session. He goes, this was the first time I ever felt included in a conversation about diversity. And that's when I knew it was kind of the unicorn, you know, the unicorn special. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this this conversation has been mandated 
in a lot of different companies and a lot of different um, organizations and even some state agencies where people have to be dutiful and listen to conversations about opening up their own psyche and prejudices. But it's not going to work if people feel they're being lectured to and condescended to and excluded. So I was, I'm really delighted to chat with you, Kareth Foster, because if you've stumbled on a way to approach people to have us open instead of close like a clamshell, I think you're doing us a great service. Well, I thank you for that. And I, I truly, I feel so blessed and so fortunate. And I've, I've married my passion and my purpose. And both of those have to do with bringing people together and helping us heal. Because at the root of all of this, we are human beings. We want to be loved. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to be valued. And none of us can help how we were born, where we were born, what we look like. And so I think it's terribly unfair. Um, you know, obviously we need to recognize it because it does alter someone's experience. Again, I'm not saying that it doesn't. But if we can come to the table understanding that, yes, people have had different experiences, but underneath it all, we still really do want those same things, then that's at least a, a foundation for having the uncomfortable conversations and growing and learning together. Yeah, because what I think you've done, Kareth Foster, is you're trying to remove the word guilt from the conversation. And guilt, this this idea of white guilt, this collective white guilt, is really what we're seeing in the political sphere is having an enormous pushback. And the pushback isn't good for anybody because it's ultimately going to hurt the communities of color or of people that have been disenfranchised because of their sexual orientation because they're not going to get the result they want to achieve. So I, I think your conversation to some extent is about saying, don't feel guilty for the circumstance in life for where you were born, but let's talk about empathy and let's figure out how to put each other in each other's shoes as human beings. It's quite wonderful. A hundred percent. Let's replace guilt with compassion and empathy, mm-hmm. right? Because guilt does nothing. Like you're just going to go home and self-flagellate and feel bad. How does that make the world better? Doesn't make you better. Doesn't make anybody else better doesn't do anything for anybody. Well, and also people don't like when guilt is imposed upon them. It's one thing if you have your own conscience and you want to feel guilty, God bless you. But nobody likes to be made to feel guilty for something they think that they didn't do wrong. Right, right, exactly. Just like nobody should be made to feel less than Mm -hmm. because of the color of their skin or their gender or their sexuality. You know, it's literally across the board, 100%. And that's exactly what this work is, Lisa. You nailed it. Kareth Foster, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to hire you, read about you, know more about you, how can they find you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I there are not too many Kareths out there in the world. I spell my name K-A-R-I-T-H, and my last name is Foster. So most of my handles from LinkedIn to Instagram are at Kareth Foster. My company is Inversity Solutions, and that's I-N-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y solutions with an S and it's inversitysolutions.com. And I cannot thank you enough for letting me share with your audience today. I really appreciate it myself, Kareth Foster. Thanks so much for being on the Lisa Wexler show. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.